Hello, welcome to week five of Where's the Line. I'm your host, Jimmy Fenton, and I'm joined by our regular crew members, Tyler Juice. Hello, Jimbo. Nice to have you, mate. And Uncle Schmicky Holmes. Yeah, back in the winner's circle. Overdue, mate, overdue, but finally back. How good's this? Uh, once you light the fire, it just keeps burning, Jimmy. That's Be what, ready for more. That's what I like to hear, mate. And making his return after not rocking up, well, pretty much all season. Uh, Regan, Cisco Davis. How are Jimmy, you, mate? I'm so happy to be back. I'm actually excited, and for the first time in a couple of seasons, I'm nervous. I feel the pressure building, and uh, I don't like sitting in this little Starbucks death scene, and I want to get out as quick as I can. So I'm happy to be back, Jimmy, and I'm stoked for what is shaping up to be one of the greatest punting weeks we've had on the podcast. Oh, let's hope so, mate, because you're well and truly overdue, that's for sure, mate. Yeah, what number is he? How, how far down the list of our tipsters is he? Uh, so at the moment, he has picked the least amount of winners, unfortunately but for him. But you know what? You've got to find the brightness in every dark room, and the brightness is I'm the only fella here who's picked a winner every single week. Consistency. Oh, no, I have. Yeah, just me. No, no, you did Just me. Oh, really? He clutches so the straws. So shut up. He clutches the straws. And we're back on for another red hot episode. Hit us off, Jim. Where are we starting? You're getting a winner every week, but they're only a dollar eighty. <laughs> <laughs> I think one was three bucks. <laughs> All righty. Uh, great to have you back, Dicho. We, I'll tell you what, we have missed you. It it's good to you. have him here. It's good to not, when we when we listen to it later, not hear that fuzz in the background of him being when, on the phone. When we finally made our Spotify, um, Spotify debut... And I, I was driving in the car the next day, and I'd love listening to our podcast. I would just about be the number one subscriber, which may sound embarrassing, but you know what? You've, you've got to live and breathe the pod. That I do. And I was listening to it thinking, that sounds so shit, Regan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you've got to get there next time. So I was spewing I couldn't make last week, but I'm here. And um, back to season one, because I've just nerded this out this weekend, done some serious form looking, and I'm really excited. Jim well, you've got plenty of time up your sleeve, mate, that's for Even sure. Even though he's number five, I'm going to be backing his horses this week. I reckon Regs will be on. Alrighty. So we've got a great weekend ahead of us. Uh, firstly, on the racing side of thing, uh, we have the preview to the Everest, I'm going to say, in the shorts, which should be an absolute cracking race, uh, followed by the two group ones in the George Main and the Rupert Clark, which are going to be two absolute stars out of fields as well. And then on top of that, boys... You wouldn't believe it. My personal favourite, the Brownlow Medal, Sunday night. Tune in. I think the boys have found some good value there. And I think uh, su- Sunday is going to be a very, very tight boat count. I think it's probably going to be the tightest boat count we've had in about 10 or 15 years. Definitely. Yep, with you there, Jimmy. It does look like it's going to be a very tough Brownlow Medal to predict. All right. So without further ado, let's get to our best bets of the weekend. So, uh, Regan, you reckon you're going to tip some heat, mate? Yeah, I am. I felt unlucky last weekend, to be honest. Notorious one, when it came into a dollar fifty, I was trackside. I was thinking, I don't want to be on it. It never wins when it gets that short. But um, unfortunately, that comes second, and Dunbar looked home, but um, got run over late by a mystical view. The other two legs won, so I, I feel like I'm starting to um, come good. And I've actually gone really rough this week, so it's going to be a huge play if it comes in. I'm going Ramwick race 10. Um, the weather there's it's going to be a soft track, probably a heavy by the end of the day. Um, so I'm going to look for a front runner because I reckon Ramwick's renowned for being extremely hard to come from the back of the field on those wet days. Um, and unfortunately, I'd prefer to just stay to Belmont where it's an eight-horse field or whatnot. But um, I've, I'm taking a stab in the dark and I'm going the face in what is a big field. It's at seventeen bucks and four dollars fifty for a place. Um, he's a speedy customer who has to form around some strong opposition. He's first up. I haven't been able to find too many trials around him, but um, both wins have been at 1,100 metres, and I think it's a really interesting run because when he has raced, 
he's going against some great things. Um, and I'm really happy to put my head on the chopping block, take catching the face. Beautiful, Regan. Sounds good, mate. Will it be a wet track, though? I think it might be a good track. I think it's going to start drying out, yeah. yeah I've heard showers are coming. I'll oh, just check the weather. It looks good and real sunny. So. All right, perfect. <laughs> That's all good. All right, we move to Schmicky Hummett. What do you got for us, mate? Best bet this weekend, Jimmy. We're going with the Brownlow medal. It's my specialty. Footy, crap like that. Uh, there's a market called Banana Benders, and that's the one that I've put my studies into. It's got a Lockie Neal's at $1.80, I think, to take out the market. I think Lockie Neal had a stinker of a year. He's going to be lucky to get six or seven votes. I believe that Zach Bailey will go close to that himself, and paying 10 to 1, that is worth a crack. So for my best bet, I'm going Zach Bailey, most boats, most boats and votes. In the banana benders market. And I'll Jimmy, I think for the first time ever on a pod, I'm going to throw a future unit out the window and I'm going to use it to get on that best bet as well because I like it. <laughs> nice. All right, no problems, mate. Sounds good. Uh, Tyler, what's your best bet, mate? Oh, I found it hard this week, to be honest. Um, I didn't want to do a prong bet again because I got absolutely done in last weekend by ingratiating. Beautiful uh-huh. prong bet, we must say. <laughs> Definitely better looking than Jim's, I can tell you that much. <laughs> what do you mean? Had I known Kiara had seen that, it would have looked a lot more pretty. <laughs> Shout out. Well, I thought it was just for the boys. <laughs> Kiara was peeping over my shoulder. James, mate. the anti Fenton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've gone uh, General Bogue, I think Caulfield Race 5, um, $4.60. Um, it has, his last two races were pretty good. His last race is probably a pass mark, but I'm willing to cross that off. Um, so far, this prep has been behind some real smart ones, and the drop back to 1,000 metres, I think, will suit him. Um, the, the issue is the wide barrier, but he's pretty durable and can sit midfield and hopefully can storm home. And at $4.60, I think that's a good play as well. Lovely, Tyler. I think you could be right on the money there. Uh, my turn. All right, I'm going to go a bit different here. I'm going to go with each way bet, similar to Regan's, not quite of those odds. But I'm going to jump across to Morphville Race 8. Uh, shout out to my boy Jake Wiley because this race is actually named after his uncle, WH Wiley Stakes. Uh, so this is number 12, Parlophone, paying $7.50 and $2.70 a place. Followed his horse quite closely this prep. He's probably been a late for tour for being an absolute superstar. Uh, he gets in light with 54 uh, kilos, a staggering 8 kilos lighter than the favourite. Um, he's three runs back. He was two lengths off of Bo Rosso, who's the favourite for the Group 1 in Melbourne. And uh, two runs back, he was second behind Bella Nepatina, who was another quality horse. And his last run, he was a little bit further back in the field, but only three lengths behind Probabil, who I think is second favourite in the Melbourne Group 1. So I think he's found a really nice race here. So I'll be very, very surprised if I don't at least walk away with a $2.70 uh, place there. But I reckon I'm pretty confident at $7.50 for a win. So That would be great as well. I know um, William Henry Wiley is a renowned fan of the pod, so it would be great to... Get up uh, your best bet in what appears to be his race. Exactly. Shout out to Jake Wiley and William Henry. Wiley. Alrighty, let's go across to Caulfield. Do you have a track report, mate? Yeah, I actually do. So uh, I've missed this, Jimmy, so I've come prepared. So a bumper nine race meeting has been set down for Caulfield this Saturday, highlighted by the Group 1 Sir Rupert Clark, over 1,400 metres. The weather is fine, the track is a good four, and the rail is out six metres for the entire circuit. Perfect, mate. All right. Uh, Schmickle, what do you got for us, mate? Which race we going? Race, uh, four? race four, the Caulfield Guineas Prelude over 1,400. Uh, race four, the Caulfield Guineas Prelude over 1,400 metres. I'm going with number two lightsaber, Lukey Nolan on board, trained by Peter Moody. I'm a big fan of Lukey Nolan. Peter Moody's obviously an elite trainer over mm. there. And Payne, Zach's uncle. 
Yeah, Zachy Moody's uncle, the old uh, Mr. Worldwide himself. <laughs> but paying $6.50, uh, first up it was wide, four lengths behind, ingratiating, who is a high-quality horse. Come home well, last start to finish fourth, one length behind, Bruckno and Artorius, and uh, it's one out of one third up. So I think it's a friggin' good bet at $6.50. I'm the form tipper of the podcast. Get around me. <laughs> Lovely, mate. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Tyler, you got for us there, mate? I'm the exact same lightsaber. Um, he's been wa- has been waiting for 1,400 metres this prep and can even potentially go to 1,600. Um, he won the size produce over this, over this trip, um, which is a very good form line. His last run behind Buccaneer and Artorius was pretty good. Only finished a length behind them and was still coming. So I think at $6.50 and $2.25 is a good like, little each way bet. Um, the threat is Alpine Edge, and but yeah, I think it's a good bet. Lightsaber. It was Buccaneer, was it? Bruckner. 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 That's what I thought. I, I struggled to read my own writing. I wrote like <laughs> a uh, six-year-old kid, but... Yeah, spot on there, Schmickel. Yeah, no. uh, did you? Yeah, I'm actually really happy those two have said Lightsaber because I read in the stewards' report... Um, that upon jumping, the jockey become unbalanced and lost his um, positioning in the horse. So to finish only a length off, I thought that was a great deal. But I'm not going there. So the first winner of Cisco on Saturday is coming in race four in the Guinness, uh, in the Guinness Prelude. I'm going Timpson at 14 bucks. This is a pretty thin race, I reckon. And I'm going with raw ability. I haven't seen a horse fly like this for some time. In fact... His debut win reminds me of the one and only Grey Flash. Sporting the leader eight lengths at the 400 metres for getting serious in the last 200 metres and making up six lengths to absolutely run the clock into flames. Second up will be improved from his first run. Money is the key here. And Wednesday afternoon, when I've done my research, the market opened, he was at 18s. He's now into 10s and he'll be definitely shorter on the jump. So he's one to watch and the one I want to be on. He's already, Jimmy's got it live, into 7.50. Oh, but it's got Dean Yendel on board. That's the fucking stinker. In, in the space of that one spiel, that horse has gone from 14s to 18s to 10s and it's now 7.50. <laughs> where, do we, where do we put him for his units? <laughs> well, Jimmy's, I think if you go back, it's almost got the flames on it. Look at that. That's the last, what, half an hour? $9 into 7.50. We, oh, we'll, we'll, give you $9 and, we'll give you $9. We'll give you $9, mate. All righty, fair enough. Uh, well, after that, I, I almost <laughs> want to just jump across. I'm convinced, aren't I? <laughs> but I'm going to go against you. And I'm, I'm same with you, man. I'm very happy the other two went lightsaber because I was sitting on that big time. But I've gone number one, Alpine Edge. It's one of Dad's absolute favourites. And if I didn't tip it, he'd probably come in here and knock me head in because he, he loves this horse. It's his first crack at Melbourne after an outstanding autumn in Brisbane. He's coming off two really impressive runs his prep where he arguably should have won last run when he uh, was a close second. It's going to be his first crack at 1400 which should suit, and I think he's a very good at uh, $4.20. Or hang on, I better double-check the odds. No, he's still at 420 So there you go. No All flames. right. No flames on him. Uh, let's go to Caulfield Race 7, the Foundation Cup, which is over 2,000 metres. And I found this one a pretty hard race. I don't know about you boys, but I find these uh, longer-distance races pretty difficult. Ditcho, you want so to kick So the MRC Foundation Cup, registered as the Naturalism Stakes, um, is obviously held as the main... Melbourne Racing Club Group 3 Thoroughbred Open Handicap of and over 2,000 metres. Um, annually held at Caulfield Racecourse and the total prize pool for this race is $200,000. So saying all that, I'm going um, number four, who's already been tipped on this pod earlier this year. I remember Uncle Smith tipped him a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, Delphi, I believe is what it's called. Looks to have returned in good order. He's running the 
Heatherly was full of merit race wide the trip and um, that would do him wonders for this race. Second up form is strong. He's a genuine star that comes from uh, Scotland or the Ireland. UK, Ireland. Ireland yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I think the staying form over there is always superior than um, it is over here. So that extra 400 metres will make a big difference. And our soft draw um, goes around 57 kilos. I'm over to jump in bet. as well. I reckon Delphi will win this. I nearly made it my best bet. I meant I got on this horse a couple of weeks ago and I said he needs to have the 2,000 metres and he's finally got it. And with Johnny Allen on board as well, I think he's a serious chance as well. Sit behind the leader, get a cushy ride, and you'll storm over the top of him. Johnny Allen's notoriously good long-distance jockey too. Yeah, I, sure. I, yeah, nearly made this my best bet. So. He's a notoriously go. good jockey in general, but I bet on everything that moves, and he's actually been in pretty ordinary form, Johnny, lately. I'm a big fan of him, but not impressed with his form lately. All right, Schmick, who are you liking this one, mate? I like a horse by the name of Nonconformist, mm-hmm. paying $4.60. It's dropping 3.5 kilograms on its last start, where it was uh, 0.7 lengths fourth behind Superstorm at the Valley. It's two out of three third up, and at $4.60, going on that information, that was a big race that Superstorm won. Huge. Mm. 3.5 kilos is a huge amount of weight off your back as well on your last start. He's going to be feeling like he's carrying a feather on his back, and I think it'll get up. Lovely, mate. All right, I'm going to jump in there. I am on number 15, Trilly Rose. I think that's how you pronounce it. Got the, the rat on his back, uh, Craig Williams. Uh, her campaign is leading towards the Melbourne Cup, and this Saturday I expect it to have a very bold showing. Out to 2,000 metres, I thought he was pretty impressive in his first run there, where you could tell he needed a little bit of fitness. Um, had an emphatic win uh, last prep over the same distance, and I think um, if he wants to be running in this Melbourne Cup, he has to be going pretty well here. So Tralee Rose at $6, number 15. All right, we get to the feature of Caulfield, the Ruby Clark over 1,400, and, geez, I reckon it's an absolute cracking for a group one. Uh, top weight, Behemoth giving a lot of weight away to the rest of the field. Um, so, Schmicky, what do you reckon? It's a great race, isn't it? There's some bloody good horses in there. I'm going with number two, Probabil, paying $5.50. Oh, actually, it's $5. I was doing a Regan then. I was rounding it up a little <laughs> bit. But... Um, Brett Preble on board. Brett Preble's flying at the moment, isn't he? He's a Melbourne Cup winning jockey. I've mentioned that a few times before. I really do rate Brett Preble, and um, he's flying. Four wins and a second from his five-start second up. You can't really top that form unless you're backing Maccabi Diva in at six start. Uh, drops three kilograms on her first up win. I really do like the four, uh, like situations where a horse is dropping big weight on its last start. You can just imagine it. If you're in a running race... And you're carrying weights on your back. The next race, if you're carrying less, you're going to be running faster, aren't you? Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. $5, proper bill, load her up. I might as well just jump in there, mate. I'm with you. Number two, proper bill. As you said, has the wizard, Brady Pebble. Is he going to make it three for three in the group runs in Melbourne? He won on Centervise. He won on Behemoth. Uh, and now he's jumped off Behemoth on a proper bill. Uh, so I think he will go three for three. And I think... Um, Probably we'll go four for four at Caulfield and we'll go five for seven over the distance. So, probably Tyler? I agree. Probably again. Outstanding mare. Her last start was awesome. I think she can go one better, especially if it's dry track. Her dry track record, I said last time I backed her, is ridiculous. Um, yeah, so the only danger is Behemoth and Behemoth has got a big weight, which she can carry, but I, and I think Bo Rosser is a bit of a false favourite as well. Yeah, I, I think... Gets a bit of um, weight 
disparity. I think yeah. it gets three kilos off Behemoth this run. Yeah, I still I still think probably and Behemoth will beat them. Yeah, but, um, I agree. The points better doing a good special on that as well with um, Boroson and Behemoth. Top five, I think it's four bucks, so 25 bucks. That should be an easy 100 bucks. Yeah. And another interesting runner is I'm Thunderstruck as well. But so it's, it would be good to see if he can measure up. Yeah. But yeah. There's a couple of 52 kilos. There's, I reckon, Regan, you're not throwing out Samzat, are you? No, nah, I'm not. I saw it drew um, pretty well, though. Yeah. Samzat, the uh, WA horse, going over for his first crack at uh, Melbourne. Did you? Who I reckon Samzat would probably be better suited at Flemington. I agree. Definitely. We'll, um, have to give the, uh, we'll have to give the trainer a call. Let him know. <laughs> yeah. You'll do your job better, mate. See you, uh, Rightio, so... Listing years turned on, and I'm staying the same as these other three gentlemen. Uh, proper Bill. As my great friend George Satana said, those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Proper Bill, she has beaten you before, and you have to learn to get on now before it happens again. Five bucks, great bet. Four out of four. There you go, get on. If you want something uh, convincing from the podcast, that's your bet for the week. Hopefully it doesn't yeah. do a little instant celebrity on us again. <laughs> we don't we'll speak about it <laughs> Rightio, Jimmy, I think Jeez. we're uh, heading Jim, over to Hey, before we head over to Ramwick Do we bring out the new segment? Hit the bricks Hit the bricks Hit the bricks, new segment We thought we'd bring in a new little segment uh, Known as the Hit the Bricks Regan, you want to explain it, mate? Yeah, so uh, Hit the Bricks Each week we're going to reflect on last week um, Either in regards to sport Horse racing Or even a personality within the sporting world um, and we're gonna give them a bit of a grill and say why we are why we're off them. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, who are the nominations? Hugh Bowman. Hugh That's Bowman. He stinks. So money come all around. I think it was race two at Kemmer Grange. Um, that favourite opened up. Was it Malacan? I think it was yeah. called. Um, at about three dollars, I saw on um, Just Horse Racing they'd thrown serious money around it. Um, from Thursday all the way into Saturday, yeah. coming to a dollar fifty or something. He um, just keeps thinking he's on winks. He's not on a winks anymore. Yeah, it's like you can be a back market jockey, but yeah. Jesus Christ, you're not on winks anymore. Yeah, he, I, got, he got gifted with winks, and everyone thinks he's a hero. He sucks. Yeah, yeah he thinks he doesn't have to ride with any skill ever. Yeah, I think the next two nominations, I think we obviously have to put instant celebrity in there. Oh yeah, uh, especially mm-hmm. I've re- I've listened to Get On, and they just say how it never ever runs a bad race. What did on the weekend? Oh, horrendous. And we paid the price. And the third one, it's going to be a, a, it's a three way go. Uh, the uh, below two dollar favourites at Flemington on the weekend in Artorias, Ingratiating, oh. and Aiton. I think there's a lot of people. A lot of people had it in their um had those three in all their multis. They're multi killers. When you look at that as a punter, um, from a punter's perspective, that's your legs going. Your multi's going straight away. Yeah, and for a lot almost, of punters, that's a lot of your kitty for Saturday. Yeah, and you almost point. think in your head, well, is it going to be that day the roughies win? Do I get off the favourites and try and chase some value? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, you can't have it. What's going no. on? Why can't us punters ever just have the sensation of loading up races one to four when we always get specials and actually just winning money? Why is it that hard to win? You're $1.80. <laughs> just get over the line. Put it this way. I was, somehow got up to $200 going into the Artorias race, and by the end of ingratiating, I had nothing left because I had all my multis done. <laughs> <laughs> and then up... Yeah, 
So I think we're going to nominate, and they're going to be our winners. If Hugh Bowman's on anything under two bucks, do not even think about touching it. If Hugh Bowman is on anything with four legs, do not even think about touching it. <laughs> He's going to come Unless out. it's Winks. Unless he, it comes back. <laughs> this happened two years ago when he came out one six. <laughs> All righty. Let's move across the round. Ditcho, track so who's hitting the bricks, bud? All of them? or No, the three favourites, I reckon. With Hugh Bowman on board. Okay. <laughs> so that's a great... Okay. Hugh Bowman, hit the bricks. Okay. <laughs> Hugh Bowman, it is. Hit the bricks. Right, next week we're going to be better and more prepared for that. <laughs> All righty, let's go to Randwick uh, uh, track report before we go to race six. Group one racing returns to Randwick, and can I say hallelujah, because I hated going to Kemler Grange and wherever that other place oh, was. I fucking can't stand Kemler Grange. Why? I don't want to watch, like, Jolton races when we have Royal Rose Hill and Randwick. Oh. Why do I want to be watching Even Warwick Farm. I don't want to. I... Keep it for Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday. I don't give a shit. Not Saturday. All right. Back to Randwick this Saturday where it's George Main Stakes Day. The weather is fine. The track is currently a soft seven. And the rail is out seven metres from the 1,600 metre to the winning post. Out four metres for the remainder. Beautiful. All right. Tyler Juice, what you got for us in race six, which is the T-Rose Stakes over 1,400? So I found this one a bit hard because I, I sort of wanted to... Get off two horses, four moves ahead in Chisel Class. They haven't impressed me at all this prep. Um, even though the the jockey did say on Chisel Class that she will be a bit better in the next run. Um, so I've gone Robo Deer at nine dollars and three dollars a price place. I'm going with this lightly race filly. She's she was pretty impressive her last run. Only got pipped in the end, and she has a handy dry track record as well. And it looks like it should be a very good track at Ramwick on the weekend. Um, I beat a bunch of these horses last run. The issue is the barrier, but if you can get a good good jump, I think she'll be in the money. So. Lovely, mate. Did you? Yeah, it's funny Tyler said that because I sat here. I thought this was the hardest race all weekend to pick. Um, and I sat there and I was like, oh, do I do four moves ahead? Do I do she's old class? And then I looked at Tyler's horse and I thought, that's it. And then I was like, I had it, wrote my notes, had everything prepared. And then I went back, double-checked, and I saw it's drawn the car park. Yeah. And I thought, if I've learned anything over these first month of the podcast, we're just not winning from wide out at Sydney. No. So I've had to cave and go, she's old class. But I feel like it's a pretty hard race. So um, Chris Waller trained Philly, had an interrupted prep, which um, I think you can see um, when it led into the Furious, and that was obviously on display. It loomed to win, um, and I do mean that she loomed to win. If you watch the replay, she was there. With 150 to go, but just gave away late. Should be better from that. And J Mac stays on for the steer, which I always think is a good thing when the informed jockeys stay on. So J Mac, think all puns attended. She might indeed be too classy. Lovely, Schmicky. Good pun, very good pun. Because myself, I've gone with number three. She's all class. Like Regan said, J Mac on board. J Mac's one of the jockeys that I might have picked to pieces in years of past, but. In recent time, I've come to the realisation that J-Mac is actually a friggin' good jockey. He's magnificent. Yeah. At $4.50, he'll give it every chance. As Regan pointed out, it has a good barrier, which none of the other horses in the market do. They're all stuck out in the car park. Uh, it was eighth in its last start, but it was only beaten by two lengths. Lots of people, they'll look at the uh, newspaper form and they'll see the number eight and think, oh, it stunk it up. Eight is two lengths behind the winner in this case, so not far away. It's one from one second up, which it is again this week, and it's ready to win. Lovely, mate. Well, you wouldn't believe it. I'm going to go with Sir John Hugh Bowman here. No. Uh, number seven, Naj Maddy. 
Uh, I well, we to... might as well move on to the next round. <laughs> uh, I'm, stuck. I'm sticking with it. I backed it last time. Uh, hasn't quite performed as well as I'd hoped, but I think this could be the time it turns it around. Uh, barrier four. So if Johnny so John Hugh Bowman gets in a good spot and doesn't have it out of the back, I think he should be a big chance. He's only 1.5 lengths off the winner last start where he got way too far back and did come home quite nicely, probably peaking on its run a little bit. I think she's threatening and getting at $10 here. I think that's a very good price to give it another crack. And worst case scenario, it's one unit down the drain. I would give it to Huey. He is a good back, uh, back very jockey. Good. But yeah, I'm back at him in one of the races when we in the future. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, fair enough. And I've got to say, I, did, I looked at that one, Jimmy, and the only thing that did put me off was the fact that John Hugh was on board. <laughs> fair enough. All right, let's get to the feature of Ramwick, the race seven, George Main Stakes, over 1,600. I think if any of you have not backed very elegant here, uh, you may as well get you, you, you know, you may as well be a prong bet because you're an idiot. <laughs> it will be a prong bet on the weekend. It will be, elegant. yeah. So I'll manage to jump right in there. All right, number seven, very elegant. Best horse in Australia, up to 1,600. Looks like it could be a soft track. If it's a soft track, it will not lose. So that's all you need to know. $2.20, very good, elegant. It'll be a good track, guaranteed. If it's a good track, it still won't lose. <laughs> all right, Tyler? I'm um, going against Fair Elegant just because of the price. Two dollars fifteen. It'll go on to the Reds on the weekend, and I'm not willing to risk my prong again. Plain and simple. It's such a cute prong. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm going with Hungry Heart. Fourteen dollars and three thirty a place. So she oh already into dollar ninety is it? There yeah. you go. Prong bet already, boys. <laughs> uh, Hungry Heart. She impressed me with her run last start. She got a massive check from Think It Over and took a bit of like took her momentum. Just got ruined from it. Um, she ended up flying home in that last 200 metres, 300 metres, um, and then, who, I can't remember who was on at last, but steered him in the wrong direction. Um, 600 metres of suitor and at $3.30 a place, I think she will be in the money, but I'm not knocking very elegant. I do think she's a serious chance, but I just don't want to risk my prong again. Fair enough. Did you? <laughs> well, this is what I reckon of Tyler not picking very elegant. <laughs> He's just thrown two units out the window. Move on, champion man. I'll win. I'll, if I go, if it's an shut e- up. If it's an easy way bet, I'll still uh, I'll get some units in. Uh, well, why wouldn't you just do hungry heart run top four in a very elegant? Oh yeah, you could, but we don't want to do that. You would sorry. win more money that way. Yeah, uh, Schmicky. Very elegant. I'm willing to get the little helm wire out <laughs> on the line for this one. The record speaks for itself. And I think with uh, we haven't mentioned yet, but uh, I think it is what Sydney, Melbourne, and probably Queensland. One of the other meetings, you get cash back, bonus bets, second, third, and fourth with sports bets. So we play this one safely. Double your money, put your fifty on, get your hundred back, or whatever you will get on the day. And if uh, by remote chance that it doesn't win, you'll get your bonus bets on. Very elegant. We won't be getting bonus bits. We're just going to be getting winnings. We'll be getting an extra 50 bucks. Instead of having 50 in your kitty, you'll have 100. Well, we did say that the other week when Very Elegant ran and got done in by Mawanga, so... Yeah, but we did say it had... Uh, was first up and was a bit vulnerable and on good track. This is going to be probably soft if it is... Good track, guaranteed. But just a good track if it is a good track. There's still a bit of give in the turf. It's almost a heavy at the moment. I reckon it's getting up. Saucy. Yeah. I'm going out there with a bloody hose and making an isolated <laughs> shower. Isolated shower. <laughs> what happened to the track? 
It was an isolated shower, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to Randwick Race Eight, and I reckon this is the race of the weekend. The shorts over eleven hundred. Uh, wow, wee. I can't wait to hear what the boys are tipped. Uh, I reckon I know what Regan's tipping, so I'm going to go to Regan first. Righto, of course you do, Jimmy. Um, he's number one fan, number one nature strip, $2.20. And I'm going to say it because I can. To be fair, it was a pathetic field he beat first up. Couldn't believe anybody even went against him. Romped in, eased down, and won by half a second. So let me put that into um, simple terms, three lengths. I honestly don't understand how a jockey can not go up and challenge the strip because the only time he ever loses is when there's pace on and something else has gone up next to him and, like, Eduardo will be there this week. There's Somebody has to sacrifice Eduardo, their spot. Eduardo, and Boston running. I know. <laughs> and there's so, that one pop. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying is there has to be horses like that to potentially beat Nature Strip. And those races where they're small fields and they let Nature Strip just go by his own thing, they're never going to catch him. So you've got to make him overwork. And we're saying that obviously $2.20 is quite short because this field, I think, is uh, got a fair bit more depth than last week. Um, but if anything, <laughs> if anything beats him, um, it's going to be one hell of a win. So I um, reckon he's going to take a power of beating. So Nature Strip at $2.20, yeah. I'll play it safe. You've literally just raised all the red flags and this race has every single red flag. Yeah, Jimmy, I've, I've crossed, I've gone through, dotted the I's, crossed the T's. Fair enough, mate. Uh, Tyler? Oh, yeah, I found this race extremely hard, but I went with my heart. My favourite horse is racing this race, Rockfire, back from injury, and gee whiz, has it been like storming it down in the trials. I think it was a 1,000 metre trial and it clocked in at 55 seconds or something like that. That's ridiculous. Um, but there is an issue, there's... Five potential leaders with Rockfire, Nature Strip, Adalong, um, Eduardo, and even Lost and Running as well. So yeah. all of them, well, Eduardo is a genuine leader, Nature Strip is a genuine leader, Rockfire is a genuine leader. Um, so Nature Strip could get undone here, um, and that's why I'm going with Rockfire. I think Mask Crusader is a massive chance as well, but I'm just sticking with my heart and going Rockfire at five bucks. You know what they say, mate, never pump with the heart. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to eat my words when Mark Crusader wins. Schmicky, who are you pick tipping here, mate? I've gone with Nature Strip. Like I said on the last race, we've got our bonus bet, second, third and fourth. I found it a pretty hard race to look at, but um, if I was going to tip the way that I bet, which I decided I should do when I was sitting on zero units from 15 invested, tipping against how I normally bet, um, I decided tip how you bet, and I'd put 50 straight on Nature Strip, and if by chance it doesn't win, you get your bonus bets anyway. Very true. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go against all of you. I uh, think he's an absolute cracker, and I can't wait to see the return of Rothfire. Um, I'm going to go with one of my personal favorites, number four, Mask Crusader. Uh, was $5, now $5.50, so I'll be taking the five fifty, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, breathtaking uh, return first up, absolutely storming down the outside, and I reckon there was a bit of on-pace bias that day at Clawfield. So went against the track bias. Um, I think it's going to be a very fast pace in the race with the strip and all the horses Tyler mentioned before. So I think it's going to set up perfectly to see Mask Crusader storming down the outside and hopefully he gets the timing right. One thing I noticed is Kieran McAvoy's not on it again. Yeah, good. As well. And he's like a big time jockey, so he jumped off that. And who's he who's Kieran on? Um, I got Kieran. Who's our girl Kieran? He was on, on Wild Ruler. 
but Wild would have been stra- um, scratched. Well, as I said, good. I'll go with Karen's been in shit form. Alrighty, let's go to Randwick Race 9, the Kingston Town over 2000. It's not quite as good as the Western Australian one, but we'll have to, we'll have to do. So, uh, may as well go, Tyler. This is the one I was saying before. I hate Hugh Bowman, but he is good on a back marker, so I am going with Montefilia. Um, she was impressive last start, getting in the money at well, big odds as well, and I'm annoyed because I knocked back Hutchie's offer of getting a share in Montefilia for that race as well, and I would have picked up a fair bit of money as well. Um, she's preferred over this distance, 2,000 metres, and I think she'll be the one to beat, and just hopefully, hopefully, Huey Bowman doesn't butcher this horse. Well, I'll be able to jump in there. I'm with you, Tyler, number three, Montefilia. Very close to putting this is my best bet of the day. I thought this thing should be very hard to beat. Uh, first up run was huge running third. Um, he was one of those horses who gets better with the more distance he gets, as you said. Uh, I really think it probably should be $3 for this. So I'm very keen to jump on here, Montefilia. $4.80. And Sir John here to have an absolute weekend. <laughs> uh, Regan. Who we got, mate? Well, I reckon he could have a weekend because I've heard that he's an avid listener of the pod, so he'll probably oh, put some fire not. in his belly. <laughs> he, he would. Rally him up. So saying that, would you believe it? I thought I'd maybe sneak a few units here, um, but I went Montefilia as well. So um, what, yeah. were, what were you trying to tip it up, mate? No, five I thought... Bucks. Yeah, he's got about five, five bucks. Just <laughs> now, oh. It's actually into 440. Oh, cool. Um, but Water I thought already. I thought maybe somebody would be going Spirit Ridge, but again, drawing out wide, Shannon Bishon out wide. She's ideal with Stungers as well for the other weekend. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think that if something else is going to win, maybe even look at just doing a um a top, a first four or something and Mystery going a string bet with the high numbers or something. But um, yeah. Montefilia. Montefilia is what I'm saying. Sorry, I'm keep rambling on. Montefilia. Cool. Uh, Schmicky? I'm going to give you a little bit of value here. I'm going with number seven, Best of Days. Paying $15 when I had a look at it. It's got our girl Karen McAvoy on board. The boys have just bagged her, bagged her out a little bit. She's, she's actually a bloke, but a lot back at me Melbourne Cup winning jockeys in the lead-up to the Melbourne too. Cup. They seem, to, uh, they seem to come into their own in the lead-up to the Melbourne Cup. little confidence thing, you know, how humans work. Confidence is a big thing. It was only beaten 1.6 lengths when very wide in the Feehan, which is a pretty high-quality race. Drops three kilograms here on that race. And I believe at 15 to 1, it's good value. Lovely, mate. Uh, Alrighty, so that wraps us up for racing. Uh, Ditcho, you want to give us your crackerjack? Yes, I do. Thank you, Jimmy. And before Jimmy says anything negative, I'll just keep talking. So, one thing (laughs) is for sure. We are about to land a Crackerjack. I've been spot on each week with the market coming for them, and unfortunately, they just haven't performed. Just as soon, tipped at 25 bucks into 10s. Streets of Avalon tipped at 21 bucks into 7s. And the other two losers have both been Golden Slipper winners. And unfortunately, that slipper curse continues. So, I'm going with the stable I trust and support. Trained by Simon Wild, I believe she is overs. And that is the entire part of picking a Crackerjack. Finding a horse that is paying overs and taking the bookies for a ride. So I looked at this um, throughout the week. I saw the early fields and I'm confident that this is the week. I couldn't find a jump out for us, so watch the market and see what it does. So Pride of Jenny at $7.50, race one Caulfield. And if I'm right, she'll be under four bucks before a jump. 
This bloke here loves to try and steal units. <laughs> no, I looked yesterday, opened up at $7.50. Oh. You're getting $5, mate. <laughs> well, it's going to probably come in to under that. It's probably going to be about $3.80, yeah, I reckon. We've probably jump. got to be a bit because... honest with our listeners, don't we? And, and at least tip them what the odds are right now while we're doing right. the tips. Well, I've, I've done these tips yesterday, more or less. So. Oh. That's fine. I've we understand that you were good yesterday, but at the moment you're the number five tipster, so uh, back, <laughs> back in your box. Sounds right. like a couple of blokes are scared to lose a few units when they're not winning. Before we get into it. Sounds more to me like someone's hungry to catch up some units. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've only got about four to catch up and I'm in the front. Not quite, mate. More like 20. <laughs> and I don't think that covers it either. Uh, Alrighty, before we get into the main event, the Brownlow medal, Tyler, I think you might want to give us, instead of a future bet, you got something else for us. Yeah, I know the fans would be upset this week. No future bet, but we are doing Tyler's Ruffy this week. So I'm going Caulfield Race 9 chassis at 14 bucks and $4.20 a place. It only just lost the probability, and if probability was in this field, she'll be 2 bucks. And yeah, that's that's all I need to say. This thing, I think, will win. If not, it will be guaranteed a place. Lovely. So chassis, spelled with a C H A double S I S. For those that don't know how to spell, <laughs> that's how chassis spelled. Alrighty, Schmicky, uh, are you doing any more racing, or are we going to go to the Brownlow Medal? Do you want Schmick Schmulty? Let's go Schmick Schmulty. While we're here, we'll have a little listen to Schmick Schmulty. Alrighty, let's get into it. Brownlow medal once again. I love this time of the year like you do, Jimmy. I love Brownlow night. I always did love Brownlow night on a Monday night. But things have changed for the first time ever since I was born this year. They're doing it on Sunday. Fuck COVID. Hate it changing tradition, but it's done it. I'm going with Taylor Adams for most votes. Collingwood, $3.20, that's paying... Jordan Ngoi's the uh, the favourite at a dollar fifty or something like that. I don't know. I think Ngoi's a bit of a a hype player, and the umpires don't really fall for the hype normally. Taylor Adams plugs away. I think he's a good value at three twenty. I'm value. going with uh, Luke Parker. Most votes Sydney. His uh, only competition is Callum Mills. I don't think Mills will poll the way they kind of expect him to poll. He's uh, he's expected to get threes a fair bit. You knock them down to a couple of twos. Luke Parker is a notorious vote getter. Mm-hmm. So that's a dollar fifty. Taylor Adams three twenty. You get four dollars eighty for the schmalty. Lovely. Love if you it. want to have insurance, but if you do do that and you want a bit of insurance, worried about Parker getting knocked off by Mills, I did find that Mills to come top twenty is paying two dollars fifty, where Parker's only a dollar twenty. It's a bit of a um, yeah. Bit of a differential in the markets there. So, yeah. Schmickle, that's very smart from you, mate. All right. Uh, well, I may as well jump in with Jim's multi. But we brought it back this week, um, and we're doing it on the Brownlow medal, doing a team's multi. Uh, so I've similarly to Schmickle, I've got Luke Parker to lead the votes at Sydney, and Notorious Vote Getter and Callum Mills Unproven, and I like to always back the, the Proven Vote Getters on Brownlow night. In a Dustin Martin or in Richmond, it's only fifteen, but just to boost up the odds into Benny Cunnington to win North Melbourne. It's between him and Simkin, but I remember Cunnington playing a few big games when they won. I think he should be getting the three votes against the West Coast Eagles from memory. There'd be a, probably two or three other games where he's right up there. And a Clayton Oliver to lead uh, Melbourne. It's him or Petrarca. Um, I am scared because Petrarca's a good vote-getter, but Clayton Oliver's just had that good a year. Surely the umpire don't go past no. him. And who? who and I was going to about you boys, but I fucking love an angry redhead. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. 
I love an angry redhead, but the umpires don't seem to. The Rangers don't seem to get the votes. He'll get it this year, Ever mate. since Brad Hardy. He'll get it this really year. He won't get the Rangers year. anymore. Oliver will pick up his game like in the forward fifth year and he'll be unstoppable. Yeah. All right. And then I've got Josh Kelly to lead GWS. He's had a very good season, very consistent. And then my little bit of roughy to get a bit of odds into it. I'm pretty surprised he's at $2.40. Harry Mackay to get most votes without Walsh. You don't win the Coleman for nothing. His team stunk it up all year. Walsh will get majority of the threes, but surely Mackay can sneak in for a one and twos. And I think he probably will get a three voter against Fremantle when he kicks six or seven. So Harry Mackay at $2.40. That gives you $10. Um, I might have a bit of a crack at that on, on su- Sunday night after hope of drinking some winner's piss. But, yes. Amen oh, to really? that, eh, Jimmy? With the mighty South Manager Falcons League boys. Yeah. We've got Jimmy here. Tyler's an emergency. Back to a bolter. <laughs> He's a bolter to get a gig on, uh, on Saturday, know. but wow. the mighty South Mandra Falcons playing in the grand final Saturday of the PFL. Inspirational yeah. leader, Jimmy here, our inspirational leader on the potty, also does the same on the footy field for the boys. So. All righty. Jimmy, good just, luck. Before we do end up, um, if I can have a little Brownlow thing as well, um, I've just, I reckon Jack Steele, most three-point games at $4.50. Um, nice. I reckon that's not a bad little bet. And just before we finish, I reckon we go around the room and say who we think is going to win the Brownlow. That so, was the, the next bit. Your, okay, well, your best bet. We'll, end up. well, it was going to be your Brownlow best bet, so I'm assuming you're going to just do Jack Steele for most three point games? Uh, no, I'm going to do Ollie Wines to win. Okay, <laughs> right. No problems. Ollie Wines to win, fair enough. Schmidt and Schmitty? I'm going back to my banana benders market that I mentioned earlier for my best bet. So I went with Zach Bailey at 10 to 1. Lockie Neal at $1.80 is the hot favourite that I am laying in that market. And for my Brownlow bet that we're going with here, I'm going with Daniel Rich in that market at 6-1. to one. He's averaged 26 disposals all year. The reason he gets the ball is because he uses it better than anyone else on the Brisbane Lions lineup. He's averaging over 600 oh, metres gained per year. And uh, at six to one, I think this it, hands down he's had his best year in his Easily. ten, twelve, whatever it is, year career. All Australian. All Australian. How do you ignore twenty six disposals and six hundred plus meters gained and not give him the seven to eight votes that I believe is all he'll need to win this market? That's it. So oh. six to one for that. Zachy Bailey's an eye catcher, so I went him earlier at ten to one. Cover those two in the banana benders market. And just pray that Lockie Neal doesn't get votes for being a midfielder. Lovely hedging. I think he missed about 10 games anyways. Uh, Tyler, best bet? I'm doing... Well, there's two I've got. There's a three-way tie for 34 bucks. I think Wines, Bond, and Steele, and even Oliver as well. They're all genuine chances. Bond could lose votes off McRae. Wines could lose votes off Boak. And yeah. It's... Yeah. Only one's not losing if it's a Steel. three-way tie, it's got to be the best three-way tie since the Piston Cup. <laughs> well, there's, been a, uh, there's been a three-way tie Prosciutto, Buckley and Goods I believe it was Yeah, I, right, yep. I tried looking for a four-way tie but Never happened It doesn't yeah. yeah And also nine bucks for Nat Nui for most folks at West Coast He just won the Wusher medal and I think he's a genuine chance Oh, I tipped the living hell out of that last year didn't I I yeah, thought last nothing. year was the go <laughs> and he got, got stuff all votes but Oh, you're probably right. He's had a better year this year than last year. The rest of the Eagles have not, haven't had a better year. Not, so. I think Sheed was favourite than Kelly, and I think Kelly stunk it up this yeah. year. Yeah, but he gets right. So hopefully he gets up. But like yeah. you say, it's, Nick stands out like dog balls, you yeah. think. So. Yeah. And there was a lot of hype around Nick not receiving any votes last year. And I remember a couple of years ago, it was 
Gorn didn't get any votes this yeah. Next year he polled a lot. The year of Ruckman. They almost made it up for it. He so. said that last year as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you sound like you're schmicky a year later. Yeah. <laughs> I lost right. a lot of money last year. <laughs> yeah. It's the only reason I haven't backed him this year, but but I'll probably have a sneaky on him before the night. Lovely. Well, my best bet, I'm very similar to Tyler. I think it's going to be a tie. I mean, $4 for a tie, that's unbelievable odds. I might have a hungy on that, I reckon. Um, and if I had to pick who was going to be a tie I would go Marcus Bond and Pelly and Ollie Wines, which you get $17 for and bring your own market. So um, that's where my money will be going on Sunday night. Hopefully a few beers deep and not be able to put a few sentences together. <laughs> but alrighty, that wraps us up for this week. Uh, we hope that you could tune in for the whole 44 minutes. Because I never knew we could talk that long. But the longer the better. The yeah. longer the better. Yeah. I, I think if... The viewers, or the listeners, as soon as they tuned in and they heard that Regan was here live, surely they allowed themselves an extra 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'll tell you what, I'll be taking beers come Sunday when South Mandra are winning, so I'll... Um, Will you be hanging around after Yeah, the I'll, I'll be watching the boys win. <laughs> yeah, you're I'll gonna, be wearing you're gonna the get South Mandra polo. You're going to get well, around after, after jumping on the bag of Regan sooner or later. <laughs> better, better get them on before they win. Alrighty, so uh, for those of you that do attend, we'll see you there. Hopefully we have a few views. And the mighty Falcons. And remember, where's a line?